First things first, the vagina is a hell of a lot lower than you think it is. It is like, for some reason, I kind of had the idea that it would be just below the belly button, sort of like facing sort of out vertical like that. It is not. Welcome to Sex, Body and Soul. I'm Kate Roberts, founder of The Body Agency. And on this show, we talk about the marvel that is our bodies, what they can do and what they need to thrive. Ladies out there, our time is now. Let's get to it. Today's show is about the young man that promotes vaginas. Alexander Taylor is a young advertising creative based in the UK, and he works for some of the top advertising agencies. During his time there, he's won two D and Ad New Pencil Awards and a Chip Shop Award. Alexander created the Vulva Visibility Project that won him a Teen Vogue and Case for Her Award. And now he helps the body agency on all things from a man's point of view, including our vaginas. Alexander Taylor is in the house. (laughs) Hello, Kate. How are you? I am so well. I just got my COVID vaccine 20 minutes ago. So if I don't make any sense, that's why. So far, so good. Uh, Very excited. A lot of people say that, don't they? They say, you know, the COVID vaccine is going to give you all these side effects. Like you're going to start foaming at the mouth and and rolling around like a dog. Well, Um, I'm not doing that yet, but the day is young. Yeah. The day is young. Have you gotten yours yet? No, I haven't. In the UK, we like to do it by age group. So fortunately, I still have youth on my side. Unfortunately, COVID could still attack my system. Well, you've had Um, it, right? No. Oh, I thought you'd had it. No, no, not had it. No, no, we're we're not allowed them until until the old people have all all got them. Oh, God. Come on, my country. Get it together, for God's sakes. I know. Get it together. Anyway, I'm very <laughs> excited to, uh, to have you on the show, Alexander. Thank you. I'm calling you by your full name today, not Alex. Yeah, please you are do. Alexander to me today. Uh, you're looking very good. You're looking Thank very, you very, very good. Yeah. For our viewers who are not watching the video, he's very handsome. And, <laughs> and more importantly, he is an expert on vagina. Uh, yeah, expert. What was that? 10,000 hours you got to put into it? I don't know if I qualify as an expert. But uh, I'm definitely an avid reader. 10,000 hours you have not spent with a vagina. Really? (laughs) uh, It sounds excessive in my head. I'd like to think I was approaching that number, but I'm probably nowhere near. So let's let's talk about you for a second. I see you're drinking water. You're getting hydrated. You are on the keto diet right now. I am. How is that working for you? (laughs) Uh, there's this organic bakery literally across our road, oh. a London bakery. They get up at three every morning and they, they just bake all through the night. And I cannot How rude. have How a seed rude. of them. Yeah. I know, it's, it's so thoughtless of them. Uh, no, keto diet, yeah, it's, it, it, it's one. It's one that you kind of have to do. It, it, I mean, it's really good for mental health and, yeah. and energy. And, and uh, I know you're on it too, aren't you, Kate? Yeah. I've actually been on it for a year now. Have you? Immediately, immediately lost 15 pounds, which I don't really have to lose, but that's what happened. And my brain focus is just incredible. I mean, it it just changes your life. Like for anybody who is thinking about it, I would, I mean, obviously check with your doctor, but I am such an advocate. I've replaced all sugar 
with stevia and monk fruit. Right. Because I have a horrible sweet tooth. Yeah. I seem to remember you do. You like you like arrows. You yeah. like mint arrows. I love yeah, just the properly processed arrow, which Chocolate. maybe yeah. some of your your viewers won't know what an arrow is. But in the UK, it's this kind of chocolate that's filled with a bunch of bubbles. And it's it's not a high-end chocolate at all. It's very, like, <laughs> you can get it for a very cheap price. But, oh, my God. It, it, I yeah. know. It's so good. Suck it. You have to suck it. You have to, like, suck it so it melts on your tongue. That's what yeah. I remember about Aero. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, big fan of the keto. Big fan of the keto. I think it's very, very good for your health. And the strange thing about it is it's really high in oil and fat. And I grew up thinking fat was so bad for you, but it's full of healthy fats. And that's the absolutely strange thing about it is that you're eating fats to lose it. It sounds crazy. Uh, Whoever called it fat in your diet and then called it the adjective fat to describe someone who's overweight is uh, that was a masterstroke for the sugar industry because. (laughs) Everyone tries to avoid fat, but they're happy to have a lot of sugar when actually it's kind of the other way around. Now, I will say one last thing about this before we get onto the subject of vagina. I have found a low-carb bread, and I'm like you. Have I you? live for bread. I've never met oh. a carb I don't love. It's called Sola, S-O-L-A, Sola bread, and it's got two carbs in it per slice. Not oh. music to your ears. Yeah, we're going to have to talk after the podcast, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have discovered so many good things where my keto life is easy now. Uh, I've probably spent thousands of dollars trying out all of this stuff, but now I've got it down. Anyway, we need to talk about the vulva visibility issue, which is the name of your organization. Now, what happened to to you, Alexander? Did you suddenly wake up and say, (laughs) I need to be an expert of the vulva. What happened? Oh my God. The, well, the most truthful thing, and it's not heroic at all, but it's the truest thing to say is that shame happened to me. I think men feel a very strong sense of shame uh, when they find out that their penis isn't dynamite. They cannot make uh, women scream with excitement in you know under three seconds. Your fantasies are not true. And I think there's a lot of lies fed to you all the time. And I think, honestly, I felt an enormous sense of shame. And um, I really just, I thought, men, women, we all deserve a hell of a lot better than what we've been served over the past, you know, our childhoods. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was the, the reason for doing it, really. That's it. If there wasn't any heroics in it, but just, oh my God, I don't want anyone to go through that. You know, that is amazing uh, (laughs) confession. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, men, it's obviously a lot easier for men to have an orgasm. You know, for for women, me being one, I can tell you that it's all in the head and you've got to be comfortable. I mean, there's just, you know, how long have you got? Right. Yeah. So, a man actually coming forward and saying, my woman you know, needs to come first. My woman deserves to scream in three seconds. Because most men, I, I think a lot of the problem is most men think that they are doing it because oh, a lot yeah. of women are faking, right? Absolutely. So there's so many things that we need to talk about here. Yeah. Um, and so much to unpack. So much to unpack. So take you back to your, you know, teenage self. 
we've got young mm. Alexander here, and okay. he is embarking on his first uh, sexual journey. He's uh, ready to go off on the voyage. Christopher uh, Columbus. Christopher Columbus on his search for the treasure. <laughs> um, what happened? Talk us through that situation. And um, yeah. second part of the question, what would you have liked to have known going off on that journey? Oh, God. So I don't know if this is just a UK thing, but most guys, you know, just want to lose their virginity as quickly as possible. And um, they, they will do whatever it takes to happen. And it, I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, it, it almost like sex wasn't even an intimate act. It was just something that you kind of had to do as like a badge of honor. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're still a virgin. Oh, that's cute. But if you've lost your V-card, you almost ascend and you, you join the ranks of, of the men. Presumably you get an invite through the post to a weekly gathering of men. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I never quite got that. And actually it was it was a very sort of humbling experience when I lost my virginity and then I went and, you know, told the boys at school the next day and no one seemed to really care. <laughs> so uh, it's, it really is, I think, forced upon you from a very early age that you've got to go and do it and you've got to go and do it now and you've just got to do it as quickly as possible. And mm. um, that, that leads to some very awkward situations, not least for the person that you've you've done it with because because mm. they feel like you know a special interaction has been completely tarnished by um you just trying to get your way now was the girl a virgin as well no not oh. not for my first time no she wasn't oh. no she you, was you went uh, more the ex- experienced Ooh, she was actually okay. and i did get some some cookies points for this is that what you say in america cookie points yeah well yes but as you know i'm british so you can say biscuit points if you wish <laughs> I, I just want to try and make sense to your audience kate i know i make sense to you when i say things like tesco but um yeah no i got some cookie points because she was she was a lot older than me she was two years older so she Ooh. knew the ropes and I, I i did not and she also knew the ropes the literal ropes what um, she tied too. you up uh, she she definitely showed me wow Okay. Some, some stuff, yeah. Okay, <laughs> open, okay. Open my eyes. Now, what was some of the most surprising things? Because, you know, yeah. as a as a young man, not really knowing the, the girl's anatomy, what yeah. surprised you? A, a lot of things surprise you. I, I think you have a, a preconception going into the whole thing that this is exactly like your dream, and it, it is not at all. First things first, the vagina is a hell of a lot lower than you think it is. It is like... Oh. For some reason, I kind of had the idea that it would be just below the belly button, sort of like facing sort of out vertical like that. It is not. It's all the way down past, past the bends. It's almost like going down. And you, you, I, I promise you, most guys, they do not know that. They, they will all say the same thing, which is, it was a lot lower than, than I thought. Wow. Um, and are you yeah. all sitting around talking about that afterwards? Of like, course in... we are. Of course we are. Wow. It's, it's because it's such a big thing in the culture. And, you know, we've all got to go and do it ourselves. And, and it's such a private act. There's no one, no one cheering you on from the sidelines telling you, you know, oh, put it in a bit further. No, you've got to work it out for yourself. So Okay. okay. So, um, huh. yeah. I don't know how, how you found it. Was it the same the, the other way around? Was there anything that you found going into your first time oh. about men? Gosh, that's, you know, that's a really good question. I'm thinking back now. No, I think, well, actually, how quick it is. Well, at least my how, first time. How quick? 
it was very quick. Not for was me. It? Oh, not for you. No, I, as in, as in, it just was over very. Quick. <laughs> it's not a surprise. It, well, to find yeah. out that it was quick from the other person's it, end. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think that was my most surprising thing, and I think I was a bit underwhelmed. As in, is that the hype over this? Right. Like, like you. Right. My, I had been hearing from my school friends. I went to an all-girls school. I, mm-hmm. I was hearing from my school friends at the age of 12 and 13 that they'd lost their virginity. And I started to feel that there was something wrong with me that I hadn't. And, you know, I was raised by a Roman Catholic mother and she sort of right. drummed it into me. You know, she scared the living daylights out of me yeah. of getting pregnant and all of these things. And so uh-huh. I, was, I was a bit of a late bloomer. So by the time I, I got down to it, you know, I'd had a lot of education from my friends. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that's what happens. But I do think it's so important for the parents to start talking about this to their kids. And, and we're going to get onto that later on in the podcast because you've been uh, helping us to design a education kit for boys. And so we're very excited yeah. to, to talk about that. So will indeed. back to you. Um, mm. So at what, at what age did you start to think, because you're in the advertising business and you're a brilliant writer, yeah. and oh, I actually got to know you through an award that you won um, through yeah. Teen Vogue for your, your brilliant work on the vulva visibility issue. So at what age did you, did you suddenly start to think it's time for the boys to get a better education about the vulva? I mean, you've got to be the only person in the world that's actually had that thought, <laughs> by the way. Um, I don't, I don't, oof, I couldn't even tell you. It, it, about what age? Probably my early 20s. I'm in my mid-20s now, so probably my early 20s. But really, it's, it just came from conversations with girlfriends, with, with uh, close female friends. And just hearing them talk about men is, is actually extremely humbling as a guy, because you really do think that you're doing a good job until you actually hear what they say about other men. And then you think, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably applies to me too. And uh, I think there is a, a big sort of aura of politeness in the UK about when you're having sex with someone, you don't immediately feed back like, oh, that was rubbish. Oh, oh that was really bad. Or, no. oh, I, this isn't giving me any pleasure at all. There's just, you just there's a tendency to just be polite and, and pretend that everything's okay, mm-hmm. but it's not. And, it, you know, it, it's not really, it's just, yeah, it's just not okay for, um, you know, because uh, women always get the shit end of the deal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They always are the ones who are left uh, wanting more. Mm. Guys do not go unsatisfied. And I think, you know, Porn has a, a large part to play in that as well. Mm. So I, I, I think, yeah, it was, it, was, it was around the conversations with my friends that I started realizing that, yeah, <laughs> something's got to change. Talk me through that. What, wait, did you just go to the pub, order a pint, and then say to your mate, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to become an expert on the, the vagina? Like, how, did, how does that go? That would be a very British way to do it. But yeah. no, unfortunately, uh, it, it's the good old shame came into it again it was actually a girlfriend mm. who who told me that um you know that there is a lot more that you could be doing right and I, that that kind of oh yeah. yeah i mean you you just i think sometimes you you do need to hear that and thank god that she was you know felt comfortable enough to be honest with me because yeah. oh my god things got better then you know they, they mm. just improved loads but 
Mm. Uh, without that that talk, without that conversation, it would never have happened, you know. So you know, as as girls and women, uh, I can I can assure you, and I'm sure you've uncovered this in your research, that we feel often that we don't look good down there. That our right. vaginas, our vulvas, they all look different. You know, some hang out, some are internal, some are big, some are small, and mm. you know, we're 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 kind of embarrassed about how we look down. Yeah. How do men feel? Should we be having these feelings? <laughs> how do men feel about women's bodies? Women's yeah. vaginas. It's very interesting. Have you ever looked at one and gone, oh, not going there? Not in my life. Okay. Not in my life and not in any of my close friends' lives either. It's, it really is one of those things. Some people think that the, the vagina is, is beautiful some people think that the vagina is beautiful because of the body and the context in which it is. But I don't think anyone, anyone sees a vagina and says that's, that's objectively ugly. I don't think any guy would say that. Seriously, I mean, vaginas are, <laughs> they're pretty great. Uh, okay. I think <laughs> every guy likes them. Well, every, every straight guy, I, I should say. But I, there is a, a more serious point to make there, though, about the rise of, of porn and mm -hmm. the the obsession with the perfect vagina yep. and the shocking rise in things like labiaplasty yep. and and the the want to have a smaller pinker hairless vagina and and mm. it's this it's very sad watching or reading about these these stats and talking to girls who are so unfortunately burdened by their insecurities about that mm. I'm sure you you found that in your research too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the number one plastic surgery, as well as of course breast enhancement. Yeah. Um, that girls are now getting. I mean, it's just absolutely horrifying that we're yeah. utilizing our bodies. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's it's not called that enough either. It's not called mutilating no. a body either. But you're you're taking you know your perfect perfect body, and you are bringing all sorts of cosmetics procedures into it that are fitting a beauty standard that happens today, but yeah. it might not be happening, you know, in five years. You just, you're doing permanent surgeries to yourself. Yeah. And damage, psychological yeah. damage as well. Yeah. So let's talk about porn. I had an amazing guest on my podcast last week, Dr. Gail Dimes, and she's the number one anti-porn activist in the world. And oh my goodness, uh, she's also British. Seems like we're getting some really good people out of Britain on this issue. Um, oh, like we, I don't think we can be compared. Like a, a club. Um, <laughs> but she just blew my mind on some of the stats. So most boys watch porn, right? Let's mm -hmm. be honest. Okay? Uh -huh. And if you log on, you see the most horrific things, choking, mm -hmm. gagging, you know, ejaculation mm -hmm. in the eyes gagging until you're sick, rape. I mean, what's going on, Alexander? Yeah. yeah. What's happening? I'm sure your previous guest could have given a much more thorough uh, introduction, but doing my research, um, because, Kate, we are writing this, this boys' box thing, and it, it's going to be absolutely fantastic, but um, mm -hmm. uh, doing my research on it oh, has just been completely eye-opening. I mean, it, it really is. It makes you, you think about just how prevalent porn is and, and given to uh, teenagers so freely and readily. And yet this thing is, is, is really damaging. 
teenage brains are just not not suited for for looking at this material. And there's a real problem because the, the brains are not developed enough to uh, comprehend what they're seeing, and so it will constantly be kind of whittled away and they will seek more extreme things. And th- these things don't even have to be sexy or erotic to them, but that almost the extremity of it is is the new excitement. It doesn't have to be sexy. It's just being extreme. So as you were saying, these, these choking, gagging, incest, rape, all of these things are now becoming very mainstream. They're becoming the first thing you see when you, you log on to these sites. It's not like, um, you know, something to be catered to anymore at all. It, it's, it's absolutely the mainstream. It's, it's extremely concerning. Well, it's not regulated. You know, anyone can just log on. Not, Any kid no. can log on. And it's extremely damaging, as you say. What kind of age are boys in the UK getting into porn? Is it before oh. they even have their sex ed? Yeah. At school? Well before. Yeah, 11, 12, 11. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it, that, that's what it was at, at my school, too. I remember um, I went to an all-boys school, so single sex like yourself. And just I remember it was an active pride we would talk about it in our school we we would say you know oh have you started masturbating yet have you started i have oh yeah i was doing it since i was 10 uh, obvious obvious line you, but, were. you know <laughs> no no this oh. is the kind of thing that they'd say to each uh, other 10 no. i mean you're not even developed at 10 as a boy no so uh, um, i mean there's a lot of lying that goes on but right the, 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 i mean the point is that from as early on as puberty sets in they are seeking these these materials I mean, it's just horrifying to me. I have a 10-year-old daughter, and she's a small child. And I know. I mean, I've been doing this work for 30 years. I, I, know, what's, I know what happens all over yeah. the world, the UK, America, Africa, India. I mean, it's just no different. You know, girls, mm. are, girls are sold into marriage at 10, 9, 10, 11. Yep. I mean, yeah. it's just horrifying to think yeah. about. So we're on a quest, aren't we, Alexander? We're on a quest to educate we are an adventure yeah we are on an adventure we're so thrilled to have you uh, on our body board of the body agency congratulations thrilled to be here you are the boy for the girl effect you believe (laughs) that investing in women is going to make this world a better place right absolutely absolutely and we've been working on this education kit that parents can hand over to their boys what sort of mm-hmm. things do you think need to be in there? And, and what, what sort of things are you writing about to educate? I know what you're doing. You're taking yourself yeah. back to that 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old boy that you were. Absolutely. What you needed to know and what you wanted to know and what was going to make it easier for you. So what, what sort of things are you going to put in the box? And what sort of things, education-wise, are you are you writing about? Yeah. Well, it's funny because you say, what do I need in the box? And all the physical products you can think of just can't replace someone being there, just a voice. And, uh, you know, that someone doesn't have to be someone in person. It, it can be a book. It can be a voice, a person there to just guide you through it. And I think that that's ultimately what we're trying to do. It's like I'm going back in time and just, you know, speaking to my teenage self and just saying, look, it's going to be okay. There's no <laughs> to worry about losing your virginity. There's no need to seek out these materials online just be calm it's all gonna it's all gonna work out and uh i, I think you you do need you, you just need someone to tell you what what the facts are and because you, you, you can hear a lot of things at school and you can hear a lot of things from your friends 
oh, I've been doing this, or oh, I heard this, and no, it looks like this, no, it looks like that. And um, mm. honestly, if you don't have that, that, that voice that just tells you that it looks like a puppet like this, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> your pride wait, and joy. <laughs> this is my pride and joy. Wouldn't you have just loved to have had this as a boy? Yeah. So I'm holding up a vagina puppet. And it's a very large <laughs> vagina, it has a vulva, yeah. it has lips, it has a clitoris, it has yeah. uh, the G area. So would you have wanted to have this as a boy to really figure it out? Or would you prefer a diagram? I would have certainly liked to have, have seen what one looked like. I don't know if I would have had a puppet as a boy. I think maybe that would be more of a, a girl thing. But um, I certainly would have liked, I think we were talking about these coasters, weren't we? Yeah, we're, we're doing the coasters. We've got the coasters yeah. in production. That would have been perfect. Let's talk about the coaster for a second. So the coaster has a picture of a vagina, a vulva, and it has it basically has little arrows pointing to all the different types. Uh-huh. What's going to happen with that? Like we're going to probably sell like four or six of those things as a, a Christmas set, and it's either in your box or it's under the tree. Mm-hmm. So a sixteen-year-old boy is opening that. Like, what's going to yeah. happen to those coasters? I don't know what will happen to the coasters, <laughs> but I hope that they, uh, they, they get looked at, and I'm sure they will be. I mean, are they going to get not? used? Are you, are you going to put your beer on those? Are you going to buy those for your friends? And Do you know, I think that what's, what's quite interesting about those is that they're, they're an absolutely brilliant talking point. If, right. if you have someone over to have tea, I don't know if you do tea in the States. We, but we do, but we badly. Do. We do it very badly. We do it badly. I hear no you guys milk. don't have milk in your tea. No. You have cream. Creamer. Oh, it's dreadful. It's sin. It's a sin. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It, it is a sin. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's definitely a talking point. I mean, if you get one of those bad boys out and uh, you put a, a mug of tea on that, that's definitely going to stir some some conversation. And I think that's that's might stir, absolutely... might stir other things too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could do. Could, yeah, could be. Could misread some signals. But um, I think what could be better than a boy to learn that there's more than one part to a vagina? Because, you know, me growing up, I just thought that it was just a hole that you, you just, you know, you yeah. just insert here sort of thing. And, and it's no. Well, you know, there's three. There's three holes. Mm-hmm. Do boys know that? I mean, most girls don't even no, know of that. Course, uh, uh, no, no they, they do not. No, no. I, I know that a lot of girls don't, don't know that as well. There's, there's actually a brilliant program on Netflix called Sex Education. I don't know if you've seen it. About a, a little village in, in England. And it, oh my God, that show is accurate. And even a lot of girls have said that, that that is very accurate. And, you know, some of the main characters, some of the girls have said, you know, they just don't know which, which hole is, is the right one. Or, yeah. or they, they just never even sort of looked down there themselves, which yeah. was the entire thought behind the Volvo visibility issue, by the way. It was, like, it was about just getting girls to, um, you know, just have a look. Yeah, well, we're also in the coming-of-age girl kit, which is the sister to the the man kit. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're actually going to be putting a two-way mirror in there so girls can actually just go down there and explore and and be their own first. You know, we want girls to understand how to pleasure themselves before they give themselves to a a boy. And, I, I, you know, all of these things combined will change the rhetoric, will change the status quo on equal pleasure and and close on that orgasm gap. Tell tell us about the orgasm gap, because I know that you've researched that. What is that? Tell us about that. Well, 90% plus 
guys will will ejaculate during sex in their in their younger years, whereas the figure is is more between sixty and seventy for women. So that's an entire third of of women, if not more, are not orgasming during sex. That's crazy. That's that's absolutely mental. I mean, the fact that that isn't isn't seen as an issue, and and, and the, the absolute nonchalance that most men have towards that of, did she come? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. At least I did. Yeah. Um, that is, it, it's truly dreadful, <laughs> but it's completely accepted. And yeah. uh, that's what we were trying to help close. I mean, you know, quite a task on your hands because it's so widespread. But uh, <laughs> any, any little thing that we can do. Well, we're certainly on that journey together and excited to yeah. put a dent in that. But it is bizarre. I don't know how you found it growing up as well, but this kind of, you know, complete attitude that people had about, did she come? It doesn't really matter. And like, when, when the guy comes, sex is now over and we can stop. Mm. I don't know how you found that. Well, seeing you've asked me now twice, I'll give you an answer. Please um, do. <laughs> yeah, I will. I asked you once and I rephrased. <laughs> no, I know, I know. No, honestly, I didn't have an orgasm until I was 27 with a man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes, I know. I know. You would think otherwise, right? However, yes. I, I was able to do it myself. I just wasn't able to do it with a man. And for me, it was all about feeling comfortable, knowing my body, and feeling equal to the man. And oh, I can tell you that most girls think it's their job to just please the man. And that's what they're thinking about. So the man's job is to give the girl confidence in that regard so that they can really relax. And the problem is, is with, as you were saying, with porn, you know, boys, they watch porn and then they they do what they see in porn. And and it's all about dominating the woman, forcing the woman. And so for me, yeah, it was a question of confidence and relaxation. And it took a man to actually say to me, a British guy, actually, you just need to relax. Don't even think about me. Like I'm going to be fine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. And, you know, since then it's like off to the races, but yeah, yeah, but that is the issue. And when you talk about the 30% orgasm gap, I can absolutely assure you from all my global travels that it's way, way bigger than that because, you know, all these women who are in you know, a lot of women in arranged marriages, into forced sex oh, situations. Yeah. I think the actual accurate stat is only 7% of women orgasm. And, you know, that varies per country and per economic situation. But, you know, yeah, we have a lot to do with for equality and the way women are perceived. I mean, you are way ahead of the game, Alexander, because, you know, in parts of Africa and Southeast Asia and the Middle East, you know, women are just considered sex toys. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we have a lot of work to do. And we will we do. do it. We will do it. Or die trying. You need a, like, we need to Alexander effect people, like, well, with men. I mean, there's not many guys like you, I can assure you. I, well, I try to surround myself with people who are like me. So I've got a wonderful group of friends. And we all think very, very similarly to that. And, you know, we, we've just been, we've been saying recently that really something we should start doing is is to our friends who are less like that, we should really start calling them out when, when mm. they say things like mm. that. When they say that, you know, sex is all, all about 
for the guy. I think I think really it's time that guys start um, really calling each other out on that, and and really you know it starts with us. Mm. Well, as you know, the podcast is called Sex, Body, and Soul. So very sadly, because I could talk to you for weeks on end, we got to the end of our time together. And no. I know, I know. I'm going to have to have you back on for sure. Oh, um, I'd love to be back on. Well, of course, all the listeners just want to listen to your, your voice as well, because as you know, the English accent over here is <laughs> well received. Everyone thinks we're really smart. Really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah. it. I've heard our, our voices are aphrodisiacs in the States. It totally. I, I can't wait to try that out sometime. It's a little bit how we perceive the French or the Italian when ah, we hear the accent. Okay. It's a little bit I like see. that. Um, I see. Okay, so sex, body, and soul. So we're going to end by hearing from you a couple of tips. So I want you to talk about sex. I want you to talk about body. And I want you to talk about what feeds your soul. So... <laughs> You're getting ready for sex. What's the thing you're going to do? Getting ready for sex. I've got to make sure I've cleaned my, clean my teeth. Wow. Okay. Well, that's not very sexy, but okay. <laughs> I know it's not very sexy, but there's there's no bigger turnoff. No bigger turnoff than bad breath. Oh, you're absolutely right. Okay. That is it's something I just, I, in the back of my mind, I, I always, I like coffee, you see. Yeah. And coffee just leaves you with, with oh, pain yeah. in your mouth yeah. <laughs> afterwards. Very unsexy, but that's it. No more than three cups of coffee a day, Alexander. Yeah. You know yeah, that. Yeah, well. For your health. Rules are meant to be broken. For your health. <laughs> no, but it uh, gets unhealthy then. Too, way too much caffeine. All right, body. What's the one thing that you do for your body that you feel good about? Self-care of your body. Well, we've already talked about it. We, we talked about it at the start of the podcast, but the keto diet. Yeah. something I do. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that just leaves your body feeling like it's filled with the right things. Mm. Uh, so that's that's something I do for my body. And what feeds your soul? Books. Love mm. books. And I think it's important to read all types. I mean, really don't limit yourself to just quote-unquote adult books. Read everything. Read Terry Pratchett, Roald Dahl, you know, Mallory Blackmore. Just just read. Um, and I think that that will feed it. And is there any book out there on on this issue that we're talking about that you would recommend for our listeners to read? Uh, yeah, the, um, there's a book called Vagina. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> all about, as, as you guessed, vaginas. Yeah, the hint is in the title. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the, uh, yeah, the, the hint is in the title, absolutely. <laughs> I can't remember who it's by. I think it's Naomi Wolf, but um, I don't know. But it's, it's called Vagina. It's got a big, big black and white rose on the front. Um, nice. And that's, nice. it just goes in, in all sorts of detail. Uh, it leaves you with interesting facts, like a woman can start having sex 30 minutes before in her mind. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And that makes no sense to me. That makes really? absolutely zero sense to me. But um, the thing about a girl is, it is in our mind. Like you yeah. can touch us, you can do all of that, but it's in our mind. It's how yeah. we feel connected to you. It's all going yeah. on in there. Yeah, <laughs> in the mind. Um, so I have loved having you on the show, as always. It's been lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And we're excited to see the box. Have you thought about a title yet for the the boy box, the education kit? Do you know we've 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 been through so many titles now, and I, I feel at some point we're just going to have to pick one. So no, no TBC. 
It's going to market in September. We're very excited about it. And thank you for all your hard work and uh, keep being a vagina fan. We need <laughs> more like you. I don't need much motivation. <laughs> all right. You be safe and well. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Kate. You too. Bye, Alex. Goodbye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Sex, Body and Soul. Remember, you can find all of my favorite products and resources to support your health and sexual wellness through my one-stop shop, The Body Agency. Be sure to sign up for our email list at thebodyagency.com for the latest curated recommendations from our industry experts. Thanks for listening.